0: So once again, guys, we're coming to you from the Athletic Sports Group Studios, live in Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> all right. Um, before we get started, Aaron,
1: I, I gotta ask. Uh, first of
0: all, how's how's your basketball pool doing?
1: Uh, well, obviously, around here we're very uh, disappointed right now because in oh. the state of Kentucky, we don't have Kentucky, we don't have Louisville. Uh, there are some Indiana fans, and none of us even made the tournament this year. So you can tell, like. March Madness is not very madness like around here, but it's a different feel. It's a different feel. For sure, we're uh, we're null and void of quality basketball this year, so
0: well, as far as my pool's concerned, I went I went back home to Michigan for Easter to spent some time with some family this weekend and if it's any consolation, I used my pool to start my fireplace that was up there, so <laughs> that tells you how I did on my on my
1: pool. So who who do you got I, tonight? I have I have and uh, the gym i work out at, i have gonzaga as the winner but there's like 10 or 15 other people ahead of me that have more points that also have gonzaga so i I do as a fan of basketball because that's when you grow up in the state of kentucky you're a fan of basketball naturally uh and this is the last go-round before we officially hit baseball season full on. sure yeah because who watches nba anyway so but college basketball once it ends tonight then it's all baseball Full, from here. Full-fledged baseball. But I do think this is going to be a great game. I mean, these are two electric teams with lots of athleticism. It's going to be a get-up-and-down-the-court kind of game for sure. I'm
0: leaning towards Baylor a little bit. Yeah. I, I am. I'm leaning towards Baylor. I just – something about a team going undefeated, I, I just don't yeah, – the odds. <laughs> the odds, right. The odds, the odds are against them. And
1: uh, Indiana, 1976. 76. 1976 and 1979
0: lost to Indiana lost. Or Magic, Johnson. Magic Johnson and Michigan, Michigan State. State. Uh, Kentucky was undefeated going into Wisconsin. the tournament. Yeah. Um, so there's been a few teams that have tried it, but nobody since 1976. So the odds are in Baylor's favor, um, but we'll see. It should be a good game, and, and we'll definitely be done here tonight in time to yes. to make it home and watch the game. So now, horse,
1: since we're from Kentucky, did eventually win the triple crown. It took what 30 or 35, 40 years there for a while. Where that didn't happen so i'm going I'm sticking gonzaga I you're think, gonna go Gonzaga I think tonight the streak is broken of non-undefeated teams and, and it happens tonight uh well
0: i mean i wouldn't argue with you i mean it's they're a good team you know it's not like uh i think this is the matchup they're to see they wanted to see uh gonzaga and they wanted to see baylor that's and usually don't turn out that way uh somebody usually loses by the time they they get to this point but all right, enough enough with the basketball. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get on. Uh, first thing we're going to do is we're going to recap a couple of teams that had uh, had a good weekend. I know it was Easter weekend. A lot of tournaments kind of go to one day or even two days, Friday and Saturday. They don't really they don't play on Sunday. Um, but surprisingly, a lot of teams still get out there and play. They're uh, they're itching to play, especially since with COVID. <coughs> excuse me, from last year, they don't they don't want to take a a oh, chance they of don't want to miss a weekend miss a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the first team we're going to recognize is our TBS ranked number eight, 10 U team, the Oklahoma Fuel. Real quick, they went 4-1 on the week, beat uh, Mojo, 5-2 in the finals to, to bring home the championship over the weekend. Another team we're going to recognize is our uh, TBS number 12, 11 U team, it's the ZT National Prospects out of California. They went 4-0 uh, in pool play to take the number two seed. And then in bracket play they went 3-0 on saturday and only gave up one run in three games That's impressive. and uh, ended up beating the san diego show 16-1 in the championship the uh, zt prospects out of california will be here in kentucky for the tbs nationals awesome. so that'll be a great addition to that event so congratulations to both of those teams for a great i don't know if i say weekend or a great uh great couple of days maybe is, is a better way to say it because they didn't play on sunday a lot of schedules are going to be getting kicked off this weekend. Weather's getting nicer, uh, you know, all across the country. I know California is still shut down. They have to travel out to, to play uh, because they're still kind of shut down. But uh, a lot of the country will be getting kicked off
1: this month to, to ramp up their schedule. There were fans at the Angels game I saw last night, so hopefully that's a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and is it, is it tonight? Is it – Grassy, can you look that up and see? Is the Texas Rangers home tonight?
1: Was um, oh, this the 100% The
0: 100% capacity. capacity. That
1: stuck? Nobody uh, overturned that? Act? No,
0: they did not overturn it.
1: Um, I, I think that
0: game's tonight, and uh, our producer's going to look that up to let us know. They're expecting 40,000 people, wow. whether it's tonight or tomorrow. Whatever the day is, right? Yeah. It's, um, gonna
1: be a, a, it's It was the norm, but now it's the abnormal. Abnormal, right? right? So it's going to be weird to see people actually celebrating in the stands, high fiving. Probably it's going to happen, let's be honest. Sure. That but they're at home. They they are home they're at home we got an attendance yet so the so
0: there's an update for you the, Texas is home opener didn't go as planned Toronto's up six to one and but there's you know 40,000 people expected to be a game. now they, they said they had to wear masks which um, you know I, I don't think people are gonna have a problem with if they can go to a, a baseball game and have a few beers and yeah. enjoy the game on and, and outside I know they said they're going to keep the the dome open uh, at least for the first month or two while these rules are, are in
1: place so before it gets too hot down there too <laughs> right
0: right yeah last thing you want to do is go to an outdoor baseball game in Texas in Ooh. August yes. I think it's a little little uh, it's a little tough out there so well history or I will not say history but the, the, it was a first you know full-fledged baseball game so we'll see. I'm sure everybody is going to be keeping an eye on that and see if it ends up being a super spreader or nothing happens becomes and becomes the
1: norm again. Becomes the norm again. <laughs> and I think it does.
0: I think everybody's crossing their fingers sure. for it to be the norm again. Yes. All right, well let's let's kick off tonight. Uh, last week Aaron I was sitting here with with Anthony Grassi and, and we talked about a topic that man has really exploded over the last seven days on social media and that's the the class grade, however you want to call it uh, age rule that is across the board in in youth baseball now, and there's a lot of people that are for it. There's a lot of people that are against it. And until there comes some some sort of grants by everybody, this this rule right now is is in place. It's going to be in place for 2021. But in all my years of baseball, I've never heard as much complaining about this rule as I as I have this year. Um, where where do you fall in this category? Are you for it? Are you against it? Give us your thoughts
1: here. Yeah, I've, well, I have a an, an senior in high school and a 14-year kid, so I've kind of been through the gamut, I guess, if you will. Yeah. But coached the older son when he was younger and then passed him off to somebody else and still with that group, that the Louisville STEM group we mentioned earlier. You know, it, it's a mixed emotion thing. Like, it, I don't think, again, there's no perfect answer, and that's probably why we don't have a universal system at this point. Clearly, I think we would all agree 15 you and up, we go class year. It, I don't think there's any doubt. At that point, when you have recruitable athletes, the last thing a, a college coach at any level wants to do is come see a kid who is a sophomore pitching to freshmen or a junior pitching to freshmen and sophomore,
0: unless they're in varsity.
1: Right, right. So, but right, unless they're they're playing up, yeah. Not the older kids playing Damn. down. So, at the youth ages, man, it's just a, it's such a catch twenty-two because. You know, like the kids that I have, have a 14 year team. We're made up of 13 players on our full-time, full-season roster. But we have two kids that are 2024, 20, so they're currently freshmen, and we have 11 kids that are 2025. 20,
0: um, so they're eighth graders. Correct. So, now, in, in talking to you before we got the show on, you told me that those kids, they're not really playing down. That's kind of where they've played their whole yeah, entire that's, lives. That's their
1: baseball age, according to the May 1. <laughs> yeah, current and and so line. they're
0: they, you know, they're then with that. <laughs> and with that group and it's your friends they go to school with them and you know so I think people understand that it's the kids um, that are reclassifying and, and going and, and coming back down strictly because of sports now listen they may say it's because of grades or because of uh, social uh, cues or, or what have you but I mean if you're playing on a travel baseball team I don't think your social cues are, are that that inadequate so you know it's it's strictly because of sports
1: yeah the the reclassification of kids right now is a hot topic for sure. I hear about it a lot, and I have people usually when it comes up the typical response in my opinion is people shaking their heads now i'm not that doesn't mean I'm saying it's right or wrong but it's it's hard for a lot of people to comprehend because it's perceived somewhat as just to give the kid an athletic advantage. Right. Now, that may or may not even be the truth. Like you said, it could be learning disability. It could be social cues. It could be and, and, and a think, physical immaturity, like the kid's smaller or whatever. So you can't lump it all in one basket,
0: well, obviously. Here's one of the things, talking to to a bunch of coaches over the past week that I learned that, I guess I didn't really think about, is it's not only baseball. Uh, I talked to one coach, and, and the kid that's playing for him actually reclassed because of football. Hmm. So... It just happens that well baseball falls under that same category too, and he plays baseball yeah. too but that wasn't the main reason it was being reclassed because of football so there there's there's more than just meets the eye i guess when when you talk about people reclassing or, or doing this and it's become a, a greater um a greater thing here recently than than in the past so
1: Obviously the scary thing is if we go to straight grade slash class, whatever terminology you want to use yeah. but at the older kids, class makes more sense because they know what class year they are. When they're in third grade, most people are like starting to do the math. They don't even know what class year they are. So grade right. class, it's same thing. Right. Versus age yeah. um, is if it goes all grade class format, this, what we're talking about will happen more, even more, because that, that will be the system at that point and people will – Probably try to adjust to grade class.
0: One coach asked me a question that, that I thought was, was a great point, and I, I didn't think I would ever see a great point to this. But he asked me, he says, Rick, he says, if you go to their local elementary school, and we use 12-year-olds, just to kind of give you an idea. On our show last week, we used 12-year-olds as our, as our base, which is sixth grade. And he said he said, Rick, if you go to a sixth grade school, and they go and take their sixth grade basketball team and play another sixth grade team, nobody asks about the age of this in the sixth grade right, sixth
1: graders, right.
0: and that made me think a little bit I'm like you know what that's right I mean I, I get that you don't really hear anybody saying oh well, he's 13 years old in the sixth grade no he's in the sixth grade but now you translate that to the baseball field and it's a totally different story <laughs> right, exactly. you know he's 13 or he's 13 and a half and and so
1: you we know, were talking earlier about that this current may one like let's talk about yeah we're we're we're, what's the history does anybody know (laughs) what does it stick what's the significance of may one because it seems rather insignificant or incorrect like it should be forward of that or backward of that i think you believe right i
0: i do and i've heard rumors of why it's that way i heard it goes back to uh the president of little league who had a grandson that had a May birth date and he wanted him to play in the Little League World Series. Wah, wah, wah. We're talking uh, conspiracy theory now. Conspiracy, We're right. <laughs> here we go. Let's go with the We're conspiracy theory.
1: 30 year old uh, mythical tales. But, now. I mean,
0: that's the best story I've heard of it why it's May 1st. I mean, wh- why else is it May 1st? Yeah,
1: you got me.
0: I, I mean, think about it. Our baseball season, our season typically runs from the fall, which is September 1st, through
1: late summer. Late summer, late
0: August. You know, August usually is kind of a dead month. But the, the typically, new seasons start August
1: 1st. Day Weekend-ish.
0: Well, they, yep. nobody plays in August, but they start August 1st. Starts the new season. Unless you are an end-of-the-year season that runs July 29th to August 4th, or whatever the case may be. Typically, the new season starts August 1st. Well, in the past, you watched the Little League World Series on TV, and – you would always see 13-year-old kids playing in the 12-year-old Little League World Series. And people are like, what is going on? I thought this was a 12-year-old tournament. Okay. And so I think one way to fix it is make everything September 1st. Make the date, and it's what you talk about, pushing the date back to September 1st. That way, if you play your end-of-the-year event in July, or even if it rolls over into August, you're still, quote-unquote, 12, 12 years old.
1: 14, 12, whatever,
0: you are. whatever the age is, you still because you're not turning until September 1st. And my biggest problem with age to grade, and I talked a little bit about last week, is that gap. When you have the age, you have no greater gap than 364 days. That's the greatest gap that you can have, unless a kid's playing up. Now, we never penalize a kid for playing up, no.
1: right? Makes sense.
0: But if you go by grade or class or whatever, you could potentially have a 500-day gap. Yeah, a very big gap. A very big gap. <laughs> so that's why I'm for, for youth. I'm I'm more for the 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 age to be September first and let's move it around. Um and then keep grade class. Grade class, you, you mentioned fifteen, I could see it starting at fourteen. 14 yeah.
1: It's 14. I could 15. see it start it's, at fourteen. It's right yeah. there somewhere. At that showcase age they call it. Yeah, showcase, showcase. age. Yeah. You
0: know, no nobody's showcasing eleven year olds, twelve year olds.
1: Sure.
0: I know some parents like to think they are. <laughs> And some parents, some, some parents buy into the hype that their kids being showcased, yeah. but uh, yeah, you're right. That's a whole nother that's show. Whole other show. Um, you know, or an, another solution is you move it back to January 1st.
1: Which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but USA Baseball, I believe right now international yeah. age, which is January
0: International age is January 1st. That way, you don't have to do any math. It's based on what year, what year you were born. And 07, yeah, and that's, and that's the way it was. So, you know, wouldn't it be nice if everybody across the board got on the same page? It would be. You know. It's
1: gonna, it, it obviously would – remember when Little League made their age change, they did a, a phase-in year where it was kind of like this year it's going to be like this, but we're going to get to here in year two, I believe. So, I think it would take – I don't think it's one of those things where you could just flip a light switch. And there's going to be two things. One, when you would need a period of time to – To do this ish one to two years and most importantly you need the right people on the bus to talk about this or in the meeting room per se to agree because until those key organizations for us athletic sports group you can think about whoever else that is in our industry until those people get at the same table this will never happen because nobody's going to follow the other guy uh or yep. not to make a change, it would take but, that all those facil- those groups getting together on some level.
0: But there's some things that they
1: talk about, I do it because it's
0: good for the game, right? I do it because it's good for the game. If everybody got on the same page as far as eligible kids, and listen, I'm a proponent for birth dates. I'm a proponent for that, not the class at the younger ages. Class should start at 14. You know, I'm challenging these other organizations out here. Let's do something about this. We can do something about it. We can do something about it. We can change the date. Why it's May 1st, I have no idea. Makes absolutely no sense, and nobody can explain it to me why it's May 1. Let's make it September 1. That way, nobody, anybody that walks on the field, no matter what time of the year, they're in their age, and they don't have to worry about it. But I got a feeling there's going to be some egos that get in the way. that that prevent this from happening which is unfortunate because to me that's telling telling me they're not doing it for the good of the kids or the good of the game you know they're doing it to pump up their chests and their egos and you know i I just i don't understand that if you guys got some thoughts on this uh give us a text drop us a text at the ticket text hotline 915-228-2785 or comment on the facebook page here and, and let us know what your thoughts are because uh you know we're just two guys sitting in a room here in Louisville Kentucky trying to trying to make sense of all of this <laughs> and you know a- unless our voices are, are heard and gets out there and and nothing's going to change and all it's going to happen is year after year people are going to complain about it and so we can't complain if we're not willing to look for a solution or look for a change and I'm offering you a solution right now let's change it to September 1st and keep it a grade uh, out of it and just do age do age until you become 14 years old you know I challenge these other organizations to to you know take a look at it at least and and see if that makes sense for the game for the betterment of the game um and I'll I'll be surprised if if somebody comes up and says otherwise that it's not for the betterment of the game all right uh I don't want to be the dead horse right uh yeah we'll move we'll move (laughs) on I, I just wanted to get a few things off my chest from last week that I think we missed out on so um we'll move on to some some of the rules that we didn't get to last monday because we ran out of time that we would like to see changed and the first one that that i would like to see changed is that first to third balk move that is legal in some areas illegal in some in in different areas and and aaron you're you're to an age now at 14 you guys will start playing different rules sets. you'll play high school rules you'll play federa- or federation is high school you'll play pro rules you'll play college and it's different every week. You got to check right before you we even follow start playing.
1: We follow high school, we follow college, or they don't say any of those, and they'll just say we allow first to third, we don't allow first to third. So it's just or it's or, or the one that too
0: or the one that gets me is you find out after you do it.
1: All
0: right. Oh, that's not legal.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not legal.
0: Or, or that's a balk. Right.
1: Um, so you know that's. Uh, one of those head scratchers. Again, head what's scratchers. the purpose for non universalness here? Like, what, what's, what's the. Well, why is it different at different levels? I, I, I talked different in the middle between high school and right. pro, which I believe is the same, and college in the middle is different. Again, it's a head scratcher.
0: Well, well, you hear these college or these high school coaches, oh, I'm getting them ready for college, right? I'm getting ready for college, so they need to play that rule. And my crush back to them is, well, if you're getting, and you're in college, you're getting ready for pro, they don't play that rule. So, right. so what are we doing? You know that's that's a uh, that's a tough one too, and it always causes controversy every time I'm at a tournament. And and to be fair, the umpires are in no better situation than the coaches because they're umpiring under a different set of rules every week, and they run together. and I, And I get it. I'm an umpire. Uh, I I've done it myself to where I have to sit and think. I'm like, oh my God, what what rules set are we yeah, playing this what week? Organization we play what this organization? What right. organization? And and it changes. Um, so that's one. Another big one out there is the uh, the DH rule. Uh, not a lot of people have the DH rule at the younger ages, but there's a few. There's a few that offer it. Uh, we already have the EH rule right. in effect for youth in order to get more kids in the game. Now there's some coaches that are that are pushing hard to get the DH in with along along with the EH. They're disguising it under as getting more kids in the game, but man, I. I I gotta question that, if that's really the motive behind it. You know, to me, it's, it's more about um, just hitting for your weakest hitter in your lineup, whether it's your second baseman or your right fielder. And, and what yeah. are you teaching that kid? You're not teaching that kid how to hit in those situations.
1: Yeah, obviously, in different parts of the country, this may be handled differently, but I can speak to the Midwest because I've spent the majority of our time here and we've traveled to some national tournaments like TBS Nationals in the past. But usually at the younger ages, I know our team, whether we had 10 or 11 on the roster or even 12 when we were younger and you're playing 10 in the field at the youngest, youngest ages. Roster batting seems prevalent for most of the younger ages unless you're at maybe TBS Nationals or something that's got a more of a national draw where you hit everybody, you're going to be at a major disadvantage. But I'm talking about weekend tournaments. I still see, even at 14 You this year, we played two tournaments and the majority of the teams we played have Batted roster, so
0: even at fourteen,
1: yeah, it's a, yeah, I think that's a little. To me, that's the age where it starts getting a little weird because it's. And, and again, it goes back though. Every organization is different. Some people don't even allow it at fourteen. I'm probably slightly more of a proponent of it at fourteen and up. Go back to that showcase age that you should go to lineup batting at that point. And then you got to then you got to go. Okay, this weekend is eh or dh or eh plus dh. Right. Well, I'm playing in a tournament this weekend that's dh plus eh or dh plus 2eh you can bet 9 10 or 11 and at some point as a coach you start to uh, you feel like you're that emoji where your that explodes on the top
0: not only as a coach but as a somebody trying to keep track like a scorekeeper And, you know, umpires, again, I'm going to go back to high school umpires. You have to turn a lineup to them. They have to keep track of all your substitutions and everything no else. No
1: pad in their pocket. You know?
0: Yeah, and, and now yeah. when you're adding a DH and two extra hitters and free substitutions on defense, it gets that's an umpire's nightmare. It
1: gets convoluted quick. And it, honestly, half the time the team on the other side's like, whatever. I, I get that. Which is good and bad. It, it is. As it long is. as somebody's not bending the rules, it's probably it, okay. It,
0: it is good and bad, and, and I get why they do it, and, and for the most part – excuse me, At the most part, those guys don't care, care. right? They don't care. But all it takes is one. One one to care and it creates a absolute massive, you know, what kind of storm, you know, with with an umpire because they're going to say, well, that that player is illegal. He batted out of order and frankly, the umpire is not going to have a clue. And, you know, it's... I
1: I think a lot of it goes back, I think, let's make sure we hit on this point, that a lot of your umpire groups like the park that we run a lot of tournaments in Elizabethtown. Elizabethtown, yes. Yeah. But we have multiple different brands coming in there, and yeah. it's the same umpire crew because they're run by the same sure. UIC. Yep. So you know, each park kind of has its group of umpires that run yep. through there. But if it's you know one of ours, like let's say game day this weekend, and then maybe it's a U-Triple-S-A tournament the next weekend, the rules are going to change, but the umpires are the same. Right. You see what I'm saying? You said that kind of earlier. I just want to make sure that – People understand that's the hardest. It's probably the hardest. The, where it's the most difficult is on the coaches and the umpires. Oh, absolutely. The kids will do whatever, but the coaches have to go. What what happened? What is this? What are the rules? Yeah. The umpires are. I've seen them stop games. And go. What are the rules for this weekend's tournament again? Oh like, yeah. Is it an E H or D H or what yeah. are we allowed to do here at the plate? Or we're going to come to some of these other ones in a minute. Or are we tracking pitches? Or are we not? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's a million more we can get to here.
0: And, and again, I guess that goes back to my point, what I talked about earlier. Man, wouldn't it be nice if everybody just got on the same page and ran the same baseball rules? I mean, what are we doing here? Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? So it's, I don't care if it's you're-
1: It's really not a competitive advantage. To it, it's, not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. just confusing the audience. Right. The parents are confused, the kids are confused. Again, they'll play along with whatever, but mainly the coaches are confused.
0: Yeah, and, and and who decides on what tournaments they're going to go to is the coaches, right? I mean, they make the ultimate decision on where they're going to go. So to have them, uh, man, it would just be nice if everybody, and I'm talking, you know, athletic sports group, U.S.A.
1: Uh, perfect you know, game all, all right those guys the table, get them
0: it? all on the same page and goes guys come on nine
1: new baseballs nine new baseballs nine new baseballs 12 new baseball
0: <laughs> you know we don't need all these special rules to make you stick out and and be special
1: we're overcomplicating things right right sure. we're overcomplicating
0: it for sure so um, the next one you kind of alluded to it earlier is, is pitching rules and this is another one that we're all not on the same page on um you know, no matter who's right or who's wrong, but right now there's, I believe you have to do something to protect the kids from from coaches and from parents, because it's becoming more and more uh, evident that some coaches and some parents can't protect themselves and their kids. So uh, we as tournament directors have to do something, even if it's just minimal to do something and, and that's where the kind of the, the pitch smart rules come in or innings for an entire tournament come in. You
1: got I've seen outs, outs I've seen innings, innings and I've seen pitches. Pitches. For me personally again this isn't there's no there, everything exists out there so sure. there's no proven right or wrong. But I'm more of a pitch guy because most of the time again there's gonna there's two sides of this coin. Right? You mean individual pitch you yeah, say because, pitch guy individual pitches, yeah. You know, sometimes an inning, you know, a kid can have a really rough inning and it can be 30, you know, pitches, but that next inning he's nine pitches and one inning and one inning, those don't equal each other, 30 and sure. nine. Now, the the reverse argument to pitch count is every kid's built differently. Some kids mature yep. quicker than others. So we have some kids that, you know, this early in the season, you got this kid that, eh, you know, he might 60, 70. This kid's 50, he's on a 50 because – He's just not. He's just not as physically mature as that other kid we're
0: talking. Oh, about. and their winter regiment workouts are different, right? Some kids will ramp up. Or I won't say ramp up. That's a
1: that's a tough one. Um,
0: but they 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 will start throwing earlier, like well, January, think, February. Some kids
1: playing multiple sports. So yeah. You have some kids playing basketball heavily throughout the winter, especially in our part of the country. A lot of kids love basketball. Sure. So how how much are they really throwing in sure. basketball season? Maybe they have a pitching guy they go see once a week, but we know once a week you're not really using your ramp up. But some other kids might be. They might be ready. Right, right, exactly. They might be
0: ready. And and I hear it all the time, the the drawback to the the pitch smart rules is it slows the game down. And you and I talked about this earlier before we came on air. The game's already slow enough. Yes. It's already slow enough. And, I mean, Major League Baseball is is actually putting rules in place to speed speed things up. up. Right. And we kind of went backwards with this pitch smart, and it slows it down. And
1: um, it's the it's what we call the unintended consequence. Unintended the, consequence. Unintended the yeah. consequence was protection of kids. We yeah. all anybody on here that doesn't agree with that, you're in the wrong. You shouldn't be in youth athletics. Yeah. You shouldn't. If you don't believe in protecting kids and their arms and their bodies, then this is the wrong place for you. So I think 99. point something percent of all of us agree. You know, not that don't we don't. People don't get caught up in the heat of the moment and lose track. But I'm saying if you ask that person under a non-heated situation, we all agree with that for the most part. But that unintended consequence is if it's 20, that twenty twenty-one, and some people let you finish the batter, some don't. Let's assume you don't. I got a kid in the first inning. He walks the first guy. We get a hit. We get out, out. We're at pitch 20. We haven't even gotten three outs. Which three I've outs. Seen happen. Oh, a, lot. a lot. First inning. Especially younger kids. Two down, man on first. We'll say, and we're switching pitchers, and the game's already moving at a turtle's pace.
0: And then I'll take it a step further. You bring that kid in, and he don't get nobody out. Right. And he throws twenty pitches. You're already down five nothing probably.
1: You're two arms deep. Two arms deep. If you want him to pitch the next day.
0: Two pitching changes, and now you're looking at a forty-minute first inning, right. and and you're you're on a two-hour time limit.
1: So I we're think also talking about you. Let's be clear. I think we're talking about more the youth, youth. levels because yeah. once you get to this year's that transitional year, but once you're 15 and up, you're rolling a guy like you, this right. is hit Johnny's days to Friday, right. the three o'clock game, Joe's pitching at yeah. seven, uh, but youth. at the youth, you, you don't have enough. You,
0: you don't, don't have that. Man with the, the 12 man kids. rosters. And so you've got to get out what you can out of most of, out of what, uh, you got to get the most out of what you have at the youth level. And I think the coaches that I've talked to, they, if we could find a fine line in that pitch smart rules to keep the game moving, I think that could be a universal rule that sticks. But we just got to figure out what that is.
1: Right. I think it, this is, again, personal opinion. The pitch smart rules are just a little tight in my opinion. Like, I, I agree. The, I, I agree. No They're a little tight. This, ish five pitches, maybe, you know, it's not off by ten, but 20 in one day at the youth level, you know, I mean for the most part a lot of these kids have little rubber band bodies and they bounce back a lot quicker than when we get older, as you and I both know. So but uh, right, right. <laughs> right. And
0: and you know, the old joke is you know, when you and I were growing up there was no such thing as pitching rules. I mean, we just went out there and threw and, and walked people's... uphill to school both ways. In the snow. In the snow. In the snow. <laughs> and then you have the the legendary story of Nolan Ryan. Is it Nolan Ryan through it was Nolan Ryan. 210 200 pitches and in a game. Yeah, right. And I mean, he didn't miss his next start. But it goes back to what you said, everybody's built differently. You know, everybody's built differently.
1: No, I think with technology, our bodies are developing at a different pace than we did. The, the access to strength and conditioning training, I, we, didn't have, I, I, we just didn't have that. I mean, you could lift in your garage or something, but there were no mega facilities with Hooking monitors to you and telling you how your body's operating at yeah. 10, 11, 12, 14, and 15. Like yeah, technology gonna, is advanced the human body. Talk on that here in a little bit. But uh, what's what's some other rules, Aaron? That uh, the, the one I remember seeing when we were younger was like the leadoff steal rule. Like, okay, are we allow stealing at nine, and is it double A or is it major D1, D2? Obviously, there's a difference between a D1 and D2 team at nine. You, but do we allow leadoffs? Do we not? Do we do we allow stealing? Do we not? Uh, obviously, some people do machine and coach. Yeah. There's a whole other thing is the machine and coach parts of the pockets of the country or heavy travel, machine.
0: I mean, travel has kind of went went the way that nine is just full-fledged baseball. That's kind of the way the country's I went. I think
1: definitely in the last several years.
0: But I will sure. tell you, you bring up a good point that I didn't really think about. Um, you know, I know some kids back in my hometown of Michigan that play in their local rec team. They don't play travel. They play in their local, team, their local rec teams. And at nine, it's still machine or coach pitch or – you know it, it's totally different connected to the bag whatever you call it right right no lead-offs right. no lead until right. the ball crosses the plate. the plate that's exactly what it is
1: oh, and frankly if they let some of the rec leagues still at that age it would, it would just be a chaos mass chaos because probably yeah. struggling in some of those leagues to find a pitcher that can actually hold a runner or a catcher that can make a throw to second base. well and
0: I, I guess that's my point I, I get why those rules are in place for those types of, of events Um, because it just the the capabilities is definitely not there you know they're not the catchers can't block pitches you know they can't throw out runners going to to bases or or something of that nature and so and and another one is is 8U the question is you know should that be kid pitch or should it be coach pitch (laughs) and you know, there's becoming more and more kid pitch events. I
1: think, I think that's our that's going to be the next trend. I, I think we're seeing that ourselves. Yeah, we are this year. That that more parts of the country, or the more D1 major level teams are saying, you know what, we're better off. So we did we did that, but I think there's going to actually be eight U kid pitch divisions more than you know. I've heard you're from Michigan. I've heard in Michigan that's been the norm, right for. Uh, at least several years I it think. has
0: been for a couple of years in probably Georgia but oh Georgia it's real big right
1: but here in Kentucky G-
0: Georgia I the hotbeds for
1: one 8U team our Louisville Sting team is the one team that's playing kid pitch and you really have to unless you're going to a national like TBS yeah which they'll be at you have to play up which we did that's what we did with our team we would just play 9U kid pitch and we got better doing that
0: yeah my, my son's 26 now and when he was 8 there was only, I think, four kid pitch teams in the state of Michigan that we ended up playing each other. Um, but that's what we did. We played up nine new. Uh, and and we did OK. I mean, we took our lumps naturally because nine is just physically bigger and stronger than eight-year-olds. Um, but yeah, that's that's another one. Um, but again, it goes back to, was back to getting people together. Getting, getting people together. Let's and, Let's and get the big wigs in the same room and try to work something out. And make it make it agreeable for everybody. Uh, any more rules? That, I think we covered them all. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if there's some rules out there that you guys like to see us address oh, or bonding or, or slap the slashing. We right? talked about that last week. Okay, yeah, so there's yeah. another one. We there. talked about the slashing changes by the week. Oh man, well it shouldn't change. No. That that should not be allowed at the youth level. That is dangerous. Dangerous. Till you get to the 60-90 fields. you get to the, the 60-90 fields, I agree 100%. Slashing is there's no call for it, and you know. Coaches that teach it, I got into an argument with a coach. I ran a tournament in Michigan years ago called the Michigan Major Elite, and actually got into it with a coach over the whole slashing thing, you know. And he says, "Well, you need to teach your kids how to do it," and I said, "It's not as simple as that when you're eight, nine, ten years old, right. you know. You're teaching when a kid bunts come crashing in, and right. and you can, tell them, to, the well you can tell them the to you can tell them to break down and, and do all, but it's just not going to happen." So um, it was it was a, actually a, a big ordeal at the tournament and. and we uh had to address it right on site but
1: i think i just thought of another one let's not spend time sure we move along head first slides into home things like that yeah
0: you know that one baffles me because i have played in tournaments this goes back to what i said earlier you don't find out about the rule until after you did it
1: oh that happened oh that's in our rules that's not allowed yeah (laughs) that's
0: not allowed he's out and and, right (laughs) and and as a coach you you i mean it's your responsibility to know the rules going into these events and I remember this happened to me when I was coaching, kid slid into home and it gives us the, the run to, to go ahead. Yeah. And after a few minutes, the umpires get together and declare that he's out. And it's like, what, what are we doing? But you know, they cite safety and, and, and all of that. So the
1: point is all good conversations. If we could get the right people in the room, we could probably come up with something a little more universal and set set of rules that could apply across the board around the country.
0: Yeah, so if you guys have some comments on the rules or see a rule that, that, you know, we should talk about. I know one of the texters from last week talked about the rule where you a player hits a home run and he's touched before he gets to home plate, they call him out. Right. You know, and that's another one. It's like, come on. That's silly to me. Yeah, we, we touched on that a little bit last week. Come on. <laughs> well, we're going to go from rules um, to baseball myths. Myths. Ooh, that's a mouthful <laughs> myths and superstitions and this is a good one to talk about uh, to kind of clear up some of the myths that parents have out there that we're gonna talk about and the biggest one the first and foremost one that I want to talk about is hands are part of the bat right that's that's a big one you always hear when somebody gets hit and swings and it's mom or dad, you know, it's mom or dad right <laughs> you know it's like oh hands are part of the bat you know, the kid gets his knuckles crushed and the ball rolls into foul territory and he gets thrown out and, and then the umpire awards him first base because he got hit by pitch. So, you know, parents, I, I was taught this rule when I was younger. If, if you're holding the bat and you let go of it and it falls to the ground, do your hands go with it? And the answer is no. That means, therefore, they're not part of the bat. And every tournament I run, I hear, I hear this comment all the time that hands are part of the bat no if he gets hit in the hands it's a hit by pitch unless he's swinging he makes an attempt to swing then it becomes a dead ball strike and i'm not going to get into those rules because i think it just might explode some people's heads they can't wrap their heads around that but uh, hands are not part of the bat Um, another one that is you hear at every tournament every weekend is a, is a close play at first base, a bang-bang play at first base. Tie goes to the runner. <laughs> tie goes to the runner.
1: He's like somebody's grandpa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, usually. Folks, I got news for you. There's no such thing as tie. The ball either beat him there or he did not, and that's what the rule says. The rule says that the ball has to beat the runner to the bag, so it's pretty clear and cut. There's, there's no in-betweens. There's no gray areas, and there's definitely no ties. Um, so that's a couple of the, the baseball myths that, that are out there, superstitions. Now this is a good one because we could probably take up a whole show just with, with superstitions. Aaron, you played baseball, you've coached for a good number of years as, as have I. And what is the biggest superstition that I hear from all baseball players, coaches, including myself? Is man, if things are going good, don't change it. <laughs> Don't change it. Whatever it is, whatever it is, and it's different. You eat percent. the same breakfast. You you set in the same place in the dugout.
1: You walk through the same gate. You walk the, through uh, the same gate. Park and in the same parking spot. <laughs> right. Tell
0: your mom and dad we're going to wait here until that spot opens. Right. And and you definitely, under no circumstances, ever do you change your uniform, ever. Now. You don't quite agree with that, do you? No.
1: Not the, ever. If we're talking about teams or players, obviously different scenario. But I've I've got a friend who's coaching a team here in town, and they he, the kid one of the kids they're uh, ten u right now, and the kid told me I was watching my son play high school that he's like my coach says we're not wearing a different uniform or hat or socks until we lose a game. Uh, now. I believe they meant we're gonna wash them. So that's a whole other superstition. Is <laughs> no, I no, hope. no, no. This team's pretty good. So no, no,
0: you can't wash them. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: wash it, guy. Like it. You're yeah. gonna
0: wash the luck right <laughs> out of it.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, there's wearing the same uniform and wearing the same smelling uniform. <laughs> the I'm mothers, not wearing the same smelling uniform. I am the moms. The moms
0: comes. love that, right? Their kids wearing the same. Don't wash it, and it could stand on its own after after a few yeah. hot games. Now, I'd be curious to see the the. The guy from the White Sox started the season. Did you see that? He started the season eight for eight. First time in Major League Baseball history since nineteen—I want to say nineteen hundred. Grassy, look that up, will you? See, I think it was about a hundred years ago where somebody started eight for eight. And I'd be curious, man. You start your Major League Baseball career eight for eight. Aaron, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm not I'm changing. changing I'm not changing anything.
1: <laughs> Sleeping in the same shoes, same in, underwear. It don't matter. Socks, <laughs> Maybe eight. sleep in the uniform and don't even take it off.
0: Eight for eight in the big leagues. Yeah. I am doing the yeah. same thing every day at the same time.
1: That's now,
0: impressive. That, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is for me. Um, that's what'd you find, Grassi? First time since 1900. Think about all the plus think years. about all the great hitters that's been in this game yeah. in the last 120 years, and it's the first time anybody's ever started eight for eight. What was his name? I couldn't even tell you his name. What's his name? Yermin
1: Mercedes.
0: Mercedes. Mercedes. A, uh, and a rookie. So he's probably not even conscious of what he even did.
1: Which is probably the most beautiful part of the whole thing. whole whole
0: thing. I agree. <laughs> you, he, he don't even know what he did.
1: Nah.
0: He probably don't realize it. So, Mr. Mercedes, I want to welcome you to the Baseball Hall of Fame because I guarantee you something <laughs> of yours is in the Hall of Fame now, or will be. So, um, The bat, most likely. Most likely the bat, most yeah, sense. or his cleats or something, Beats, yeah. or his underwear that he hasn't changed oh, for gosh. a few days. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so there you go. I mean, it, it's it's uh, superstition, and I'd be curious to see if he had any and, and would not changes luck or, or anything of that nature man that's we've crazy got,
1: uh, one of our the team i coach just for example though we've we've when we've played well on sundays we've gone in the all whites you know like everybody kind of has we got this we got that we call them our all whites. so we there's been a couple years where we've stuck to the sunday all whites because it was going well so there's just another superstition make sure we hit the same batting cage right let's let's uh try to get that same dugout. i mean there's so many things that kids, coaches, parents, you'll see parents sitting in the exact same seat that they sat in yesterday during pole play up here at the same field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the, it's parents, get in. Kids, it's no, parents, the parents get involved coaches. into it
0: too. Yeah. For sure, they get involved into it. And and I can tell you, when I was coaching, you know, we had two or three different hats that we wore, and we had one that like you said, it was all white, we had one that we wore for Sundays only. And I think the first three tournaments we played in, we, we lost in the semifinals, and the parents are like, dump those hats yeah. you know get rid of those hats wear the other one very next week we wore a different hat and, and we won the championship and that was it for the rest of the season <laughs> those hats were goners yep those hats were goners um, another superstition is don't walk on the foul line or don't don't uh, whether you're a player or a coach and, and this is one I actually follow when I was a coach when I went out talked to my pitcher or make a pitching change man I never I never stepped on the foul line um, or the fair line which is is it a foul line or a fair line why, why is it a foul line? That's another one of those things. Why isn't it a fair line? That's a good point. Or fair pole. <laughs> it's called the foul pole, but if it hits it, it's fair. So that's, that's I'm confused. Oh, there's a good one. <laughs> hey, why is it not the fair pole? He hit the fair pole. So
1: that's, that's another, another show one. again. <laughs> that's another one. um I, I always jumped. I played center field, small lefty, so I had a long way to go, but I got to be honest. I jumped over that line every time. There's just something that mentally stepping on the line
0: now here's another one does it make a difference now that a lot of fields have went to turf
1: turf yes Uh, turf chalk lines turf non-chalk lines right non-chalk lines turf chalk lines they don't make sense because they're turf foul lines you you could
0: walk on them and nobody would ever know the difference
1: yeah i'm i'm playing in a turf complex this weekend you've got me thinking i'm going to be watching like to see how many kids step over the turf foul line right
0: or just stand fair line fair line (laughs) Hey, <laughs> I think we should get that changed to Fairline.
1: Um, what about
0: uh, the hotline? Hotline, hotline. What's
1: some other uh,
0: what's some other myths myths out there or some superstitions?
1: Uh, dirt you know, uh, well these are I don't know about superstition, but dirty ball to start the game or clean ball, a lot of guys oh. you know like a, like a really muddied muddied up ball and it, you scrubs, know scuffed and scratched. Some guys want a fresh pearl. When
0: when I was coaching,
1: man, I would just
0: aggravate me for my pitcher to ask for a, a new the white baseball. baseball. Yeah. I, I never wanted one. When I pitched I never wanted one. And I would ask my I would ask my pitchers all the time, I was like, Why do you want the new baseball? And, it
1: feels good in my hand well yeah they'd give me some crazy pearl, answer
0: right yeah. okay. and I said yeah but it's so bright white and shiny who else can see this and it's the hitter right the hitter loves it when the pitcher throws a brand new white baseball because he can see it, see it. Yeah. and as an umpire when I was working behind the plate and I would do uh, my catcher courtesy or the batter if they got hit I would walk out to the pitcher and I would grab two or three baseballs and I would I would hand them to them, and one would be a pearl, and two would be game used baseballs. And I guarantee you 99% of the time the pitcher's taking the new white baseball. Never understood it. You know, pitchers out there, don't take the white baseball. Stop (laughs) it. Take the dirty one. The hitter can't see it. Help yourself out. Right, help yourself out. Uh, Let's see, what's some other ones? Oh, the backwards hat for the rally? Uh, Rally caps. Rally caps? Yeah.
1: Inside-out, sideways.
0: But, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't work, but that doesn't seem to deter them, right? They'll do it again the next time.
1: I've, it, some of these youth tournaments, I've seen stuffed animals in the dugout. I don't know if you've seen some oh, of these. Oh, rally little, monkeys. Rally, rally squirrels. Rally, rally squirrels. Rally monkeys. Rally whatever. <laughs> <laughs> rally <rally-elmos. laughs>
0: you know, uh, You know how many times it needs to work for it to catch on? One. Right? <laughs> That's all it needs to, it just needs to catch on once. one.
1: I have a funny story from the TBS Nationals. I actually still have this at my house, but we... We're playing East Cobb, and we were 11 you that year, I believe. And we were in maybe the – it was bracket play at that point, and we played just lights out that day, beat a really good five-star team from Georgia. And in the dugout during the rally was a stick that had fallen off – you know, the East Cobb, there's a lot of trees, trees. Yeah, yeah. above the dugouts. And somehow one had fallen down into the dugout. You know, it was about yay long, maybe 18 inches or something. And just, you know, it was a pretty clean stick, and one of the kids – had started using that inning and you know, tack, 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 you know, tack, tack, use almost like you know,
0: like in the Houston Astros type of yeah, way, or no, not Oh, that, okay, that way. all right, more <laughs> well, just... like
1: Japanese baseball, <laughs> oh. where they're you know, <laughs> gotcha. constant, okay, goals. but it became you know, and then we get a hit, and, blah, 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 and and that stick ended up staying with us, and we ended up in the championship game playing East Cobb Astros Orange, and that stick stayed with us because we found it on the ground, something we went on a roll. And after the tournament, this is really corny, but the kids signed it, gave it to me, and I still have the thing. It's you still great. got the I stick? I still have the stick, I swear. It's, the, you know, it's, it's just more of this point like a so, memoir, I guess. Is it in your
0: office at the house, or, or it, it, is, is, it, is it in your it office and, at the office, or is it in your office at the house? More
1: Office at the house, but it's kind of part of my closet where I kind of keep some so, of my baseball pair. So
0: has Ashley ever come across that and go, why is there a why stick there in the house here? and try to throw it away? <laughs> right. You got to no. let, let her know it what looked it is. Look
1: like she saw the signatures on it. So. Oh, <laughs> well, that's
0: an interesting story. But yeah, right there, right? Prime example, the smallest thing. If people perceive that works, you're not going to tell them any different.
1: And a lot of times they're impromptu. That one right there is an example. Like It's just something that organic. It happens. It sticks. And we go with it. All right, what else?
0: Anything else that we can think of? We got the backwards hats. Oh, same bat, right? You got to use the same bat. If, you're, if you've are if you got a hit, last time up, we're going to use the same bat.
1: Yeah, I see kids change bats all the time. It drives me crazy. I,
0: oh, you see it happen?
1: It's just, yeah, it's, it's like they can't even get settled on something. They got, well, you, you, a lot of the kids with the bat back and now they're walking around with those oh. four packs going on. Yeah. Dad's got them oh. four $49. <laughs> You know, different brands. Like I they got, got a, a wood bat. You know, I got the goods uh,
0: bat here yeah. from D yeah. I
1: got the, uh, yeah, I got my wood bat because I feel cool when I hit in the cage and swing my wood bats. But yeah, I've seen them rotate, rotate through them in a game, and that drives me nuts. I'll,
0: I'll tell you a quick story from 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 my son's playing days. I think he was 12 or 11 years old, and and I he owned two bats. He had one that he used in the cage, and he had one he used for the game, right? Well, he was struggling. And so he borrowed one of his friend's bats on the team, and he won three for three with it. And so he carried his bats to the game every day, every game, never used them because he went three for three with his, friend. with his other friend's bat, and he swung his <laughs> friend's what bat. But he, <laughs> he swung the whole rest of the season. Yeah. So on the bright side, at the end of the season, I had to buy him a new bat because that, that thing was still good I'm to go. I'm
1: benefiting from this right now because my senior in high school who plays for a a really good Catholic school uh, here at St. Xavier High School in level won several state championships. He's swinging a blue meta. And I looked at my younger son, I was like, Who's bad is he swinging? Because I've never bought him a blue meta, <laughs> but he's gotten hot. And his, I don't remember what he had last year, these bats, uh, uh, Slugger Prime or whatever sure. year, whatever the hot one was, whatever yeah. the hot bat was last year, or maybe the year before, he swings with it on deck. And because the kid that's naturally hitting him before him, and he got hot with that bat. He hands it or You know, if that kid strikes out, he hands it to him. If that kid gets a hit. He's swinging that blue bat and he's stuck with it because it's worked for him. So I'm benefiting because I'm getting that kid's parents a uh, nice bat Superstitions. <laughs> well, what
0: some superstitions you guys got out there, folks? Let us let us hear what you guys got. Nine one three two two eight two seven eight five. And and let us hear what some of some of your superstitions are if you've got. Uh, rally monkeys or bats or hats or lucky underwear or whatever the case may be uh, Let us let us know about it. Well, let's get on to our last topic here uh, again Man time's flying by here Aaron. We're running short of time already But um, let's get on to the last topic and that that's how baseball as a whole or even youth baseball has changed over the last 10 or 15 years and and this is something that when you really sit down and think about it the the amount of things that have changed is is really mind-boggling you know for example when my son played uh, he never played on turf until he was 16 years old right. you know his whole youth career never played one game on turf his first game was played at the university of michigan on turf when he was 16 years old
1: what year would that have been roughly
0: from uh I see he's 27 so that's 11 years ago that's so that'd 11, be 2010? 2010 yeah. 2010 was the first time he, he played on turf never even crossed my mind as, as i was their coach to to play on turf and now today most of these teams especially the high level major teams they won't play in an event unless it's on turf and, I mean, are you seeing that trend as well?
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I, again, using your son, my son, he's 18. He would be 18 you if he played in the summer after high school. But I believe the first year he played on turf was about 2012. So, obviously, that window when turf really started getting popular on the youth fields was kind of that 2010 probably to 2015. And, and now even more so because every small town USA thinks if they build a turf, turf complex field. that everybody's going to flood to their city, which – isn't always necessarily true. Well, when they first I started, a lot of no rainouts. Though, like for example, last weekend we were playing in Elizabeth Town, and we would have not played on no. Sunday. It it was a goalie washer overnight, and the outfields were wet, but because of the turf infields, we got to play. So that's the beauty of it, I think. No, it's not it, so much the perfect hop. I think it's that's the economic
0: the impact, right? Yeah. That's the economic impact of it, and and you want the teams that travel far, and and you want them to get their games in. So it's a it's a big deal for those. So that's that has changed.
1: Uh, that's a great point. We played a team from Chicago, Indiana and Chicago yeah. in the semis and championship. Otherwise they're there for two pool play games. They drove three were the other team three and a half to five and a half hours. Yeah. To come play two pool play games and go home because we would have been rained out. Yeah. It, because of Turf they got their full tournament in, so.
0: it, it allows them to travel with confidence. Right. You know, it
1: allows them to travel with confidence. Um, well, some
0: of the other things that have changed over the course of time, is is uh, unwritten baseball rules, the unwritten rules of baseball.
1: These are fun.
0: Yeah, these are fun. Yeah, I like Right? That. These are fun. So the the first one I'm going to talk about is you know you you don't embarrass the pitcher on a home run. You hit
1: Define it. embarrass.
0: Well, there, that's part of. There it. we go. Okay. And and I, and I got one for you here, uh, Anthony. You want to cue this video up here? We're going to queue up a video from Nick Castellanos Castellanos over the weekend, and he hit a home run, and as you can see on the video, he hits it and he does a little skip to my loo thing here (laughs) that um, a lot of people would perceive as showing up the pitcher. Well, as you're seeing in the video here that's playing right now, the the next day, Castellanos comes up to the plate, and guess what happens? Plunk. Plunk. (laughs) He gets plunked
1: best part was when he picked the ball up and handed it back to the pitcher he, he picks <laughs> the ball up
0: and he hands it back to the pitcher and well, he goes that. he goes down to first base you know um but you can kind of tell that it was brewing well fast forward here and he's going to score on a wild pitch and as he scores the pitcher's covering the plate and he stands over him and he flexes, flexes. he flexes
1: Foot, more football but you see this in football you see
0: often, it in football yeah. but you know it was you know, his way of saying, you know, you hit me and I scored. So who got the last laugh?
1: Honestly, big deal. <laughs> That's
0: right. right. But here, here we go. I mean, this type of thing would not have happened.
1: Maybe I should clarify myself. Not big deal. I don't think you should have flexed. Like, you scored. Like, oh, right. I'm saying, right. I don't want to make Your, sure your job was to score. Yeah, your job was to score. Like, your job was to you, score. You scored on a pass ball. You should score on a pass ball. So. But,
0: you know, this stuff wouldn't have happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Right. You know if you showed up the pitcher you were getting plunked and that was just it and your manager told you to go in and sit down and shut up
1: sure I, I think obviously we've heard this and this isn't i'm not interjecting something brand new but we've all the latino swag that's come into the game oh we're gonna get to that is, in just a second is is a lot of it you know i mean it, it where the, how the game's played in different parts of the world because it's acceptable um it's acceptable well that for, brings in, me in certain countries
0: that brings me my to my next unwritten rule which is, if you have a big lead and the bases are loaded and the count's 3 0, you don't swing. And we're gonna roll a clip here. Anthony rolled a clip here from Fernando Tatis Jr. last year. That was one of the biggest topics for days on whether he should have swung or he should not have swung. It was hot, topic, dude. hot topic. Hot topic. Very hot topic. 20 years ago, that's a big no no. You don't swing up many runs. And I hadn't account 3-0 because it's a given that the what pitcher they, is just going to groove one. Like
1: up what, seven. I mean, it wasn't that. Uh, it was up my, seven. My opinion, is seven. But it was
0: late in the game. I think it was eighth eight. inning, maybe ninth. Might have even been ninth inning.
1: Have we not seen MLB teams roll up ten in an inning? I mean, uh, it happens.
0: Well, it, it does happen. But again, it's one of those unwritten rules yeah. that you don't do. <clears throat> and I think half of the country was divided on it. Oh. Hey, you know what? Get him out. Players that,
1: within the league were divided. You had some. Sure. Young and old guys against it. Young and old guys for it. International players for or against. So there was no consistency. No still. rhyme or reason no rhyme to, or to reason it. To who was for or against, right? But and I understood the argument. Tatis
0: was at the time was a young player, no guaranteed contract. You know, he's trying to pad his numbers, pad his stats, make him sure. look better. Um, but the pitcher, he's just like he's just trying to get a strike at that point. He probably took a little bit off of it, grooved it right down the pipe. And Tatis just absolutely tattooed, hammered it.
1: Tatis
0: tattooed he, it. Tatis tattooed it. <laughs> and he just absolutely hammered it. And so, you know, there's another unwritten rule. 10, 15, you know, years ago, that, would, that was a big no-no. It wouldn't have happened.
1: Right.
0: It wouldn't have happened because the manager probably would have taken him out of the game. No, actually, he probably would have had him take his medicine and go up there to the next at bat and get plunked. Yeah, right. You know, get plunked. Yeah. Old,
1: so, the old school way definitely would have been that. Oh, so. yeah. Um you know, I'm a, a three-o <clears throat> swing guy. Now you're talking about situational up a lot of runs late in the game. In general terms, I'm a three-o swing guy. Like it, it
0: you know No no hey, he
1: fault that he's at three oh
0: early in the game early in the game and in a close score, man, I used to tell my teams all the time, 3-0 is probably the best pitch you're, the best you're, best gonna see. you're gonna see. All weekend. You know, in that situation, then I'm absolutely a swing guy. I don't know if I'm a swing guy up seven in the eighth inning with the bases loaded, three oh. I don't think I'm a swing guy. I'm old school and i'm not saying it's right or wrong but that's that's just who i am and i'm also not a guy that if i get up eight to nine runs i stop stealing
1: yeah that, that's a that's a good one there the unwritten rules if we're, talk, if we're gonna go back to the youth level yeah come off the mlb level um because it doesn't run rule doesn't exist in that world but when we have run rules you know there, there's definitely that weird feeling where you're up it's like the third inning and you're up eight to nothing or one and you haven't reached the run rule so you're like, you know, we. If you're doing your job, you're trying to preserve pitching. For pitching. The next day. That's the biggest that's argument. That's really what it comes down to. That's
0: is the biggest argument.
1: Most coaches will run. I would say ten. Yeah, to me, ten is kind of the. If we're talking about unwritten rules, I feel like ten. Well, oh, there you go. You created. You created
0: your own unwritten, unwritten rule. rule. I, Which I just is feel ten. I
1: see like ten as that point where you see people like, you know, pass balls only or. Yeah, we're not going, take we're the force holding. off,
0: right? I hear that a lot. Hey, we'll move up a base to take the force off, but we won't go any further. Right, right. Um, or you start
1: holding them at third. Yep, yeah,
0: hold them at third, yeah. make them, you base know.
1: Base hit, we're stopping, we're going to go one, what do you call it, the one base at a time. One base at a time. Carousel, I call it. Yeah. So, um, but, again, if you're playing to win the tournament, you, I, I'm not saying I'm this far over, but some people would say, I've heard people say, I'm playing to the run rule. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing yeah. to the run rule. And for some people, the run rule is 15 after three um which and they're trying to save pitching yeah, and they're saving that's
0: pitch. the yeah. biggest thing they are trying to save pitching but I've, I've had some events where clearly the other coaches he's thrown in the towel yeah
1: kids are defeated he's, the
0: kids are defeated he's thrown in the towel the score is 12 nothing he's thrown in the towel and but and you see that one guy that's still stealing bases flat out stealing bases and you know i don't know if he's trying to score 20 or send a message but man that causes a lot of problems you know i've seen I've seen it come to fights and blows too um you know, another unwritten rule is is you never bunt to break up a no-hitter. <laughs> uh, after – is it after the sixth inning or seventh inning? You don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Yeah,
1: it's considered taboo, right? Yeah.
0: How do you feel about that one?
1: I, I'm a bunner, so I'm a small guy. I like to bunt. I did, that was a big part of my game. I was a lefty slapper, bunner guy. Yeah. So, so anytime you say bunt to me, I get giddy because I love the bunt. I think it's part of the game. This is a more specific question I think you're asking me is in that situation in the – we'll call it the eighth inning – and a guy's got a no hitter. Do you bunt? I'm probably no on that. That's you want right, so, <clears throat> like, Let's earn it. So the
0: guy's got, guy's got a no hitter. Two outs in the ninth inning. Aaron Flager comes up to the plate. Third baseman's playing back. You're not tempted. The
1: younger me or the older me?
0: All right, good. Fair. Let's let's go. Let's go the <laughs> younger. Younger you is going to bunt it. All right. Oh, you're getting one in the Clear ear one. hole. You're getting one in the ear hole. Did a few times. Oh, yeah. Lead off hitter,
1: lefty. Got on base. Oh. I was bunting there. Two outs now, in the ninth 49 inning. 49 years old now. Yeah, It's not worth it. <laughs> it's, not worth yeah. it's not worth getting ear-holed? It's not worth getting ear hole. I would tell my kids it's not worth it. Oh, yeah.
0: Boy, I a quick story about that is my son uh, got a chance to play in high school, got a chance to play at the, the Toledo Hens. Tigers minor league stadium in Toledo AAA and they only play seven innings and it was the fifth inning and our pitcher was throwing a no-hitter and a kid tried to lay down the bunt to lead off the fifth and he got it in a perfect position between that that dome man's land right pitcher third base shortstop got the base hit and the pitcher just absolutely came unglued
1: it happened to the next kid
0: <laughs> uh, he he lost it. well
1: they didn't plunk it. no he didn't
0: plunk him the fir- first pitch base hit now it's first and second and he just mentally lost it oh, he mentally lost it because derailed him, yeah. yep derailed him and when he come in when he come in and I was I was coaching at the time he come in throwing his glove and he was just swearing up a storm about how you know chicken bleep this was and you know hit like a man and and i had to set him down and calm him down and i'm like look his job is to get on base and that's what he did and your job is to stop him and you didn't and you know i don't agree with it but
1: you know it happened here's another one bunt against the shift
0: well we talked about that a little bit last last week anthony and i did with the new rules that baseball's putting in you know they're they're saying now you've got to put two people on each side of the field at one of the levels i don't remember which one it is but um and i've got a real problem with that learn how to bunt if you if you don't like the shift and learn how to beat it it. (laughs) you know learn how to beat it um you know one of the things we're talking we were talking about fields earlier about how things have changed over the course of the 10 15 years a quick story uh about a team that i had in michigan and this was 2015 maybe so five six years ago and i had a real good team and we were used to playing on the nicer fields we went to we went to Notre Dame and we played and, and Michigan and Eastern Michigan and we played on all these nice fields. Well, I had a friend of mine call me up and he needed a team to enter one of his tournaments locally there in Michigan. And we did it as, as, a, as a favor to him. And we show up to this field, Aaron, and it was not turf. It was a city park field that was that, that pea gravel stuff on the infield it wasn't even a, a, a grass infield it was skinned with pea gravel and the outfield grass hadn't been cut i bet you in a month <laughs> it was it was shin high and my parents were upset and my players were upset that we came and we didn't travel that far maybe it was an hour but we were still there and they're like you know coach we're not staying we're we're gonna leave and i said no we're absolutely gonna play i said because i want you guys to see how i played the game you know, this was common field for me. Right. And so I want you guys to see how lucky you are to play on the fields that you have today. And we stayed and played in that in that event. And I'm not going to lie. There were some balls that were hitting in the, hitting the gaps that from the dugout. Where is it? <laughs> I had no idea where it went. That's how deep the grass was. But my kids walked away from that tournament with a, a different perspective, I think, and the parents did. And, you know, we kind of stressed to them how lucky they were. Um, you know some of the other things that have changed over the course of time is training, how these players train now. You know, the off season is incredible, and in what these kids do. You know, what, what do you guys do in the off season?
1: Uh, again, a lot of kids play basketball at the younger age, and once you get to high school, typically they have started. You know, only your few select athletes or multi-sport guys, but in general, our youth teams at like our Sting and Vipers organization uh, will have a set. Uh, hour and a half time that we'll hit indoor usually starting some people start in december some wait until after the holidays and start in january and you kind of do that january february march until you can get outside and if you get lucky in february march you get outside but a lot of kids have you know my son for example goes to a sports performance training facility down the street um so so let me non-baseball you're talking about baseball training let me let me interrupt, let me
0: interrupt you right there you said he goes to a sports performance training facility did you attend one of those when you were younger? Didn't exist. Didn't oh, exist, yeah. right?
1: Didn't have, I mean, I guess we could have done those things, but they just didn't exist. It just didn't there was, exist. There's no mega training facilities like there are today. You know, I, I tried to... a YMCA. Ex- I try- <laughs> the YMCA.
0: <laughs> What's YMCA? YMCA? Yeah. Was that it's the four guys? Were <laughs> yeah, there The four the guys in the song, right? That's what it that was. <laughs> but, you know, it, it goes back to... I tried to explain to my kids when I played sports... You know, you went from football season right into basketball season, right into baseball season. And if you played football, you didn't pick up a basketball until football was over. And when basketball season was done, that's when you picked up the baseball bat. And a lot of times, I remember going from basketball to baseball that basketball ended and the tryouts were like the next day or the day after for the baseball team. So it's not like you had time to get ready to prep and to you know get loose, or you just walked out in the field and you just try it out for baseball. That's not the way it is today. You know these kids are are and they they're still multi sport kids, but they find a way to to coexist with all the sports. And they'll do basketball training on or play games on Saturday and Sunday. They'll go through a bullpen or hit in a cage. So it has totally changed over the last ten or fifteen years. And do you think that's going to lead to more specialization, though? I mean. Do you, do you see the three sport athletes still in high school today? Rarely. It, it's rare, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Like on my son's high school baseball team, there's, I want to say one kid that plays basketball and uh, football. There was, there's, we have three or four <coughs> kids that play football, and then they'll switch to baseball once they start conditioning. But there was only one that played basketball. But three sport. Uh, Okay. it's almost like
0: a dinosaur, I, I a dinosaur now dinosaur. unless you're at a small school yeah
1: now there's it rule yeah. The <laughs> yeah rural, rural yeah areas you see it because the school wouldn't be able to fill it. To sure you know, three stores three sports stars so but
0: man I, I the three sport athlete is is yeah. going by the wayside now and that's that's a shame yeah i mean that's a shame because you don't yeah. know don't know what it is so well aaron um man look at this it's, it's after eight o'clock we went over a little bit we didn't even finish everything we we had to get to talk to today so um we'll just have to save it for another time and and move on folks i want to remind everybody that we are taking uh submissions for our april top 10 plays of the month you can email those to the lineup at athletics.com get those in there give us a little background on what the video is about so we know who they are and what exactly happened in the video and we'll we'll uh play those at the end of the month we've got a couple of weeks here to the deadline that you I probably already got 15-20 submissions for the month of April already and so people are really uh, enjoying this I'm enjoying it, getting to see these videos from all over the country and what these kids done and did you get a chance to see our number one play from last month the- the, <clears throat> it was a routine triple play for a 7u 7u team out of California <clears throat> coach pitch ground ball to the second baseman he turns pivots perfectly feet work was absolutely phenomenal to the shortstop he throws it to first base for the double play the kid that was on second base at the time he tried to score from second
1: right rounds third to oh, go okay.
0: and and the and the first baseman throws it home to the catcher who applies the tag at the plate that's impressive. At seven you seven you <laughs> uh, so yeah, so folks, get those plays into us. We're gonna be uh, we we'll airing those at the end of the month. Our top ten plays. Again, the email is the lineup at athletics.com. And for now, I want to thank Aaron Flake for taking the time to join us tonight, and for Anthony Grasse being our producer tonight. I appreciate it. Um, thanks, guys. And and we are coming to you live from the Athletic Sports Group Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. Have a good night. Enjoy the basketball game. And we will see everybody next Monday night right here at 7 o'clock on the lineup.